Shut up and sit down. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's time for No One Asked Us. Season two of Tiger King coming out in November. Craig Choate, you excited for season two of Tiger King? That Did you watch season right there? Did you... That opening right there is all the reason I need to drop you from this show. <laughs> did you not watch season one of Tiger King? I did, but I don't need a season two. I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> I believe my exact tweet was, why though? Yes. Uh, he's Craig Show. I'm Logan Lee. This is No One Asked Us. This is episode 33. Episode 33. He's Scotty Pippen. Larry Bird. 33. Larry Burbs, 33. That's a good one, too. Um, yeah, episode 33 of No One Asked Us. Follow us on Twitter at No One Asked Us Pod, at Craig W. Choke, at B. Logan Lee. You can shoot us an email at No One Asked Us 2021 at gmail.com. Don't forget, we probably will go long yet again. We've been averaging about an hour and a half every episode. Don't know how long this one's going to go. Uh, but chapters, chapters will be in the description. So if you want to hear us talk about one topic in particular and skip over something else, feel free to do that. I'm sure there are people on here that are listening solely for the fact that I, at some point I'm going to talk about Dear Evan Hansen. I have a lot of things to say, so you can probably skip ahead to that part too. <laughs> Craig, how the hell are you? How was your weekend? You, uh, you chose the right football game to go to. We'll talk about that a little later on, but uh, yeah. how are you? Things good? Good. Good. Yeah? Doing good. Yeah. Yeah, had a good weekend with uh, spent a little bit of time with the fam down in Southern Illinois. Not a not a whole lot, but um, but yeah, I uh, I made a big triangle up to Champaign, down to Southern Illinois, and over back over to Louisville. So good weekend, good weekend. You you really are a road warrior. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm on the road a lot, but it's I mean, you're you are you're on the road a ton. Yeah. I don't mind it. I, I don't, if I'm on the road, I almost have to be driving. I don't ride well in the car, especially in the back seats of cars. So like any road trip we go on, I'm driving and I don't mind it. I, I don't, I don't mind being on the road for four hours, five hours. Um, maybe that's from my eight years of driving all over the States of Illinois and I guess just the state of Illinois in TV, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't mind being on the road. You're back to traveling solo on most of these trips now, correct? Yeah. Yeah. My weekend trips have been solo since, uh, since July. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. So is that, uh, is it better? Do you like having the, the car to yourself to listen to all your, your podcasts or what do you listen to? What do you listen to in the car? Are you a podcast guy? Do you it listen depends. to no one ask us on Spotify <laughs> or, or Apple podcasts? No, I I can't stand hearing myself. So no. Um, the only reason I listen to us is to make sure we didn't mess anything up or I didn't edit the show wrong or something. Um, it has to be the right podcast. I have to be very invested in the subject matter. Um a lot of times it's talk radio, fantasy, talk radio, MLB, um, something like that. Any kind of music, except when I'm tired. Like if I'm on the road and I'm tired, I have two go-tos. Hamilton 
and Disney Essentials. Those are my go-tos. <laughs> if I'm if it's like two in the morning and I'm just getting back from somewhere, that's what I would go rock with. For anybody that's asking why Craig and I just started decided to start a show together, <laughs> why we have if we have anything in common, it is. I mean that that's that tells you right there. I mean that's that's pretty much uh, pretty much spot on. Yeah, I I've done the same thing um, when I'm when I'm in the car what. When I'm tired, I definitely need to listen to something that I'm familiar with. I yeah. need something that I can probably either sing along to or just a lot of the times, sometimes, you know, if I'm with Allison or even sometimes if I'm by myself, I like to listen to, you know, new things or, you know, softer music or something like that. But at that point when I'm tired, if it's late at night or whatever, I have to listen to something that I know. Yeah. Like I can't, that, that is not the time for me to be visiting uh, new things because I I'm the same way so yeah yep. uh, there's I definitely have a Disney playlist on mine as well Hamilton's also in the mix um, there's a few others but yeah that's that's very much the case for me as well so um, let's see I don't really have much to talk about for my weekend other than a couple of movies that I saw that we will talk about as we get a little further on um, sports we'll talk about that stuff too I do have a shout out I need to give Okay. We've, we've had some shout outs before, but I need to give a shout out to a peewee football team, Craig. Okay. This is not, this is not your T-ball team. This oh. is, this is a, <laughs> this is a legit, legit shout out to coach, coach dirt, coach Jeremy dirt's peewee football team in Clay County down near Terre Haute. He messaged me the other day, said he listens to the show, loves the show and wanted me to shout out his peewee football team as they're, in their playoff runs. So okay. I want to give a shout out to Clay County football and coach Durth. Jeremy's a good guy from, from Danville now living down there near Terre Haute in the Brazil area. So I want to give a shout out to him. Love to hear back from listeners that are listening to the show. So, you know, if you're out there, if you want a shout out, feel free. I have nothing else to talk about on this thing. So, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give you all whatever love you want. Cause we don't have Hell sponsors. Yeah. So Hell yeah. go um, make a run, go make a run playoff yeah, run. Guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, let's talk about moments of the week before we get started with everything else. Craig, do you have a good moment of the week? So I really need to start writing these down because I had one that I'm going to say here in a second. But just this afternoon, I was like, oh, OK, that's a good one. That's a good one. I need to I'll, I'll have that one instead. And for the life of me, I cannot remember even remotely what that one is. Uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll think of it like five seconds after we stop recording, but um, did you ever want to be a football kicker? Mm, no, you can say no. Okay. No, I don't think but so. No. If I ever did want to do that, or if I did do that, I would want to be Justin Tucker. <laughs> yeah. Because that dude, he hit a 66 yard field goal on yeah. Sunday. NFL record. I don't, I think I saw something that, that it's not the longest field goal ever. I think someone in college hit a 70 yarder at some point um, back in like the seventies. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but 66 yarder hit the crossbar, the bottom crossbar and bounced in to beat Detroit. I yeah. mean, if it didn't already suck to be a Lions fan, first of all, why are you a Lions fan? Second, that's like the most miserable way to, to lose because if you were watching the game, I don't know if you were or if anybody listening was, 
not live, the play, but I saw the, it later. The play before that, there was seven seconds on the clock, and they had the ball on the 50 or wherever they had it on the 48, whatever it was. And Lamar Jackson didn't get the snap off in time. The play clock was at zero for at least two or three seconds, but they didn't call delay of game. And then he snapped it and threw the ball out of bounds just to waste some clock. And then they kicked the field goal. So if the refs call that delay of game, push them five yards back, they're not trying a 71 yard field goal. And they probably, and Detroit probably wins. So yeah, little heartbreak for the lions, but a 66 yarder. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. That it's, it just, it, I think a long field goal like that might be the best play in football other than the Hail Mary. I would probably agree. I get so um, amped up for long field goals to win games. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I did not watch it live, but yes, I, I of course saw the highlight. He has an incredible leg. It's it's astounding. He might Justin be the best Tucker. kicker ever. I He's certainly in the conversation. Um, speaking of the Lions, do you think – how do you feel like the Lions faithful, the Lions fans are going to feel when Matt Stafford uh, wins a Super Bowl with the Rams? Because I see that coming. I'm yeah. just, I'm just yeah. waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't that that franchise, man. They're the new Browns, I think. Yeah, like, it's they, unfortunate. They can't get anything right. I don't think their head. No. I think their head coach is going to be a huge flame out, and he, this is only his first year. But yeah, I feel bad for him. I think it's. I think that's probably inevitable that Stafford leaves Detroit and then finally wins the Super Bowl in a different city. Um, my moment of the week, or did you have another one? No, I can't think of it. Okay, that. okay, I do have one, and I hate, I hate that it's it's supporting supporting that damn shirt you're wearing right now. But John Lester. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two hundred wins. Yeah. Didn't yeah. didn't do it against the Cubs, which I yeah. thought was going could have happened. Had he lost the game that he did win, uh, then he would have been up for 200 against the Cubs. But uh, he did get 200 amidst the Cardinals 37 game winning streak or whatever <laughs> they're on right now. Um, so kudos to John Lester. Um, long career, obviously, with the Red Sox and spent some time with the A's. And then, of course, the Cubs helping them win a World Series in 16. Um, and then Lester, I don't know if you saw this video, um, Rick, during the trip to Wrigley, um, gave his two personal catchers, his longest tenured catchers, David Ross and Wilson Contreras, um, Rolex watches. And there was this nice little video flying around the internet a couple days ago. Uh, you could just see the reaction on Wilson Contreras' face. He was just so excited. Um, just the amount of respect that you know, somebody like a John Lester showed to him and, um, you know, he, David Ross was his catcher, you know, for however many years he was in, in the, with the Red yeah. Sox. And then for the one year in Chicago or two years in Chicago, whatever it was. And then, um, and then when Rossi retired, you know, he, he wanted Wilson and Wilson caught nearly every single one of his starts after that. So, uh, yeah, that was just that was just a cool little video. I thought just as, as I said, especially just Wilson's reaction just to see that was, you know, you could just tell there's just a lot of respect there. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, I'm pretty John sure. Lester, oh, go ahead. I'm pretty sure Saturday when Lester started was like the five year anniversary of Ross's last start with the Cubs, like to the day. I'm pretty sure be. I saw that. I'm not positive, but. 
well, something along those last, lines. His last start had to be in the playoffs. Maybe at Wrigley or I, I don't like regular season. I saw something five years to the day. Could have been something like that. Maybe yeah, his he last started. T- no. Yeah. He would have started the Lester games in the playoffs, but either yeah. way, uh, that was pretty cool. John Lester, Hall of Famer. He's got to 200 wins. Got a couple more, at least. Two World he, Series? I don't know how two. many World Series yeah. races he had. Well, maybe three. He might have won two with the Red Sox. I think he might have. Um, Has he, he made a Cy case? Young? I don't know if he won a Cy Young. I I just just kind of dawned on me as I'm sitting here talking about Lester. I hadn't really thought about um, asking this question ahead of time. So I didn't really do the research. Um, but let me see if I can pull young. up his... I mean, I think... I would probably say yes, because I think his career he's, and Adam Wainwright's career are very similar. And I think Wainwright probably is. He is a five-time All-Star. He won three World Series. And he was an NLCS MVP. But he was not a Cy Young. Um, Cy Young. Um, let's see. Somewhere on there, it usually shows... I don't know. I'm not going to spend a lot of time looking into this. But that was just the question I wanted to ponder. Because I think it's obviously worth something. Um, I don't, he's obviously not a surefire hall of famer. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's a given, but I mean, 200 wins is, is certainly a milestone. It's, it's certainly something to consider. And he's obviously at the back end of his career. I, I doubt that he plays much more after this season. He might he's try probably, to go for another one, but I would say he has a better case than Wainwright because Wainwright's only a three-time all-star has 183 wins and a top three Cy Young finish four times. No Cy Young. So he's probably got a better case. So I would say he is then. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, I think Wainwright's right there. So I would yeah. say Lester is too. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more baseball here after a bit. Um, I know. One more quick Craig... thing while we're talking on that. Oh, yeah. How weird is it to see Lester in a Cardinals uniform? I haven't watched a second of Cubs baseball in months. So. Okay. You've, you've seen pictures I mean, though. I mean, okay. Yes, it's weird. Um, it's it's obviously super weird. Um, as it would have been was, more weird if he came from the Cubs directly to the Cardinals. Yeah, there was that like there, national There was layover. the time off. There was that time off, obviously. And as important as John Lester is to the Cubs and to Cubs lore and to Cubs history, he wasn't there as long as some of these other guys. I mean, he, yeah. he was the big signing. I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't say that because he probably was as important as some of the other ones, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, the bigger thing for the Cubs was the decision to not bring him back um, before this year and ultimately signing Jake Arietta, which proved to be the, the lesser of the two evils. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's definitely weird to see it. Uh, but yeah, had it, had there not been that buffer, it probably would have been even more strange, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just been a, it's been a weird eighteen months for Cubs baseball and Cubs baseball fans. So it's just kind of another, it's just another day at this point. Like what <laughs> else? Like what else are you gonna throw at Cubs fans? Yeah. So uh, all right, we'll move on to baseball a little later. Uh, let's talk football. Um, Illinois Purdue on Saturday. Craig, you were at a different game, which we will talk about. So you did not see this game. Um, I opted to not watch this game. I did listen to most of the second half and I did come inside to make sure that I saw the last, I don't know, however long of the fourth quarter at the time they were still up or tied or whatever it was. 
Yeah. Uh, so obviously I did see them ultimately uh, blow it and then lose the game. So Illinois loses at Purdue 13 to nine, quite the score, um, a offensive struggle <laughs> uh, for the most part. Um, it was all, all kicking really up until the end. Um, Illinois football loses again. Uh, their record now is, is what, what, what's their record? One in four, one in four, one in four. So that's encouraging. Um, certainly there are more winnable games on the schedule, but, uh, this is now two in a row. Um, okay. I shouldn't say that. There's not a lot. No. <laughs> There's not a lot. <laughs> there, there might be one. Uh, certainly the last two games, um, you have, you're going to look back on those as games, games you should have won. Uh, the, you know, Maryland was, Maryland was a game that was very winnable, uh, that they ended up blowing towards the end. And then the same thing with Purdue, um, a lot of criticism being thrown, uh, same thing you talked about last year or last week towards the offensive coordinator, towards the quarterback. Um, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of criticism towards Bielema, but I, I don't know that that's going to be too long before we start seeing oh, some I've, of that. I've seen some. Um, but I, I mean, I think and as we, as we just mentioned, I, I just, I don't think there's a lot of, there's a lot more wins ahead of them uh, on this schedule. Um, in fact, let's just, let's just take a look real quick at the schedule ahead. Um, they do host Charlotte this coming week, which we will talk about. And I, I do want to talk about the game itself, but as we're mentioning this whole wins ahead, I, I'm just curious. Charlotte is coming up, so that could be a winnable game. Then you see, then you have Wisconsin and Penn State. Uh uh-uh. uh. Rutgers at home? Probably not. I'm going to go with a no. Then you go to Minnesota? Probably not. Then you go to Iowa? No. Then you host Northwestern. That is maybe. a shot at a win. That's yeah. a maybe at this point. So, I don't know. There's not a lot of possible wins out there at this point. So it's obviously discouraging, especially when you go the last two weeks, uh, losing games by a total of seven points in your last two, sorry, two games. So, uh, Craig, I know you didn't watch the game. Um, what are, do you have any thoughts? Do you want to think, have things you want to talk about pertaining to Illinois football, uh, pertaining to that game? What do you think? What are you, where are you at? So, like you said, did not watch live i did go back and rewatch on the dvr the fourth down play that i'm going to talk about and then the final drive that they potentially could have won the game on um you talked about going last week though when did you make the decision not to go like five minutes oh, after I, we started recording i, <laughs> yeah, I was recording. never gonna go i was <laughs> never going i just thought about, um, like if i am gonna go to a game like that would probably this be is the one yeah good choice about. good choice so it's the same thing that I said last week. You're Illinois football. You have a chance to go on the road and pick up a Big Ten win. Fourth and short in the fourth quarter, leading, yes, leading by three. You have nothing to lose. You're trying to build a winning culture here. Go win a game. Even if you don't get it, they went down and scored anyways. Same thing happened last week. You didn't get it. You or um, you decided to punt. They go down and score. If you don't get it on fourth, they go down and score. The results aren't any different. So my big thing is, grow some balls. 
Like we're not in 1990 anymore. Like go get two yards. It's not rocket science. And I guarantee you the players on the sideline and the fan base would be more than happy to see you go for it and not get it than the results that have happened the last two weeks. The fan base is upset over two losses because you didn't go for it on fourth down. Should be four and one. Honestly, should be four and one, but they're one and four. Because the last two weeks, they've had no balls. You're Illinois. You have nothing to lose. No one expects you to win. So when you're in a position to potentially win, you got to take it. Go win the game. That's it. I thought we were getting a football coach when we hired Brett Bielema. I'm concerned that he doesn't have the head coaching in him. I, I'm not saying – I'm not giving up. I am I am not giving up. Wow. Let, 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 me, let me clarify that. That's I am a, not giving up. It's a hot take about, about a man that ran the, the let, Big Ten West. On. <laughs> hold on. I am not giving up on him. He just hasn't been a coach in four years. So maybe it's him relearning how this works. Maybe the game has changed that much in four years. I don't know. But I feel like that's not the same Brett Bielema that we saw at Wisconsin. I feel like that Brett Bielema is a guy that would go for it and try to step on someone's throat and go in a football game. No? No, I agree. I agree. That's what I'm saying. I'm not no. not in any way, shape, or form giving up on Bet Bielema. I think he's a great hire and really has really could turn the program around. I'm just thinking he has said multiple times, I'm trying to get them to learn how to win. And the last two weeks, he's taken that opportunity away from them by not going and winning a football game. I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm not really sure why uh, he's making these conservative play calls whoever's making these conservative play calls in these situations. Um, no, I mean, you're right. You're right. In all, in all matters. Um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, of course, because as we talked about, I just don't think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot more wins out there on the schedule. So when you've had these opportunities to win these close games and you, that, I mean, that's how it happens. And they, they haven't really taken advantage of those, of those, opportunities um you know got a little ballsy risked some things they just kind of tried to play it safe and hope that the defense holds up and that really hasn't happened so well i mean um, the defensive has given up 33 total points the last two weeks that's good enough to win a football game yeah that's that's excellent for illinois after giving up 42 to virginia and 37 to utsa the defense has really turned it around like kudos to them but when you have the game in front of you, go get two yards. Last week it was fourth and one. This week was fourth and two. There's got to be something in there that you're confident enough to go get short yardage. That's yeah. all. Nope. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, just to kind of touch on some of the highlights, though, we talked about him last week, Josh McCray. I mean, he's, he's carrying the load Stun, for the man. offense. Stud. Uh, 24 carries 156 yards um he's he's the real deal uh where where are we at with with the quarterback situation i mean are you 
still well, I don't, all in on Brandon Peters or are we moving on or is there another option somewhere? I I mean, I don't think there's another option. I think it's Peters or Sitkowski. Excuse me. We've um, we've seen bits and pieces of Matt Robinson the last couple of years, and uh, he's way worse than either of them. So don't trust him at all. Since I didn't watch Saturday, I'm not going to say too much because I didn't see how the game panned out. I know Peter's numbers weren't great. Um, so I, I don't have much to say on the quarterback this week. I know Bielema said on Monday today that um, they're sticking with Brandon. And even if they weren't, he wouldn't say anything. But I, I think they'll stick with Brandon. But I'm not going to make a judgment call this week because I didn't watch yeah. the game. I agree. I think that's probably the route they go. So Illinois falls to one and four on the season. Uh, next up, they have one more non-conference game as they host Charlotte uh, this coming Saturday. Christian McCaffrey the, playing? Oh, wait, that's Carolina. Um, no, that's Carolina. Yeah, sorry. Um, Bad we'll joke. Talk about, we'll talk about the Carolina Panthers <laughs> in a bit. Um, <laughs> I just I threw Logan way off right there. <laughs> Charlotte's, Charlotte's three and one on the season. They do have wins over Duke. Gardner Webb and Middle Tennessee State. That's about all the research I've done on Charlotte. Um, they still the 49ers. Is that still a thing? Yes, they okay, are. Great. Okay. Glad to see they haven't changed that. Um, any any predictions, any previews, anything we need to know before Charlotte? What time is that game, Craig? Uh, I think it's noon Eastern. Watch? I think it's a, it's noon, a Eastern. noon Eastern. Noon Eastern kick on Big Two Network. Will um, you be there, Craig? No, I'm not going to this one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know that I'll watch because I shocker I will be on the road again. I have a wedding back home this weekend, so um, I'll be driving. So I don't even know if I'll watch this. I might be on the road. Absolute road warrior. All right, so Illinois Charlotte this weekend. Illinois will hope to pick up win number two on the season. Um, we will make a prediction for that uh, a little later on. Um. Let's talk about the rest of the Big Ten games this past weekend. Not a ton of surprises looking at the schedule and the results of the games. Um, and we'll talk about the results, then we'll get to our picks after that. Uh, just going to quickly run down um, the, the scores. The, the, big, the big loss for the Big Ten uh, was Minnesota continuing to struggle, falling um, at home. To Bowling Green, 14 to 10. Oof. Not much to say about that, but that's not pretty. Yes. Uh, Northwestern beat Ohio 35 to 6. Maryland beat Kent State 37-16. Indiana went to Western Kentucky and won by two points, 33 to 31. Ohio State uh, throttled Akron 59-7. Penn State uh, beat uh, Villanova, who's ranked in the FCS number seven in the country. 38-17. Iowa beat Colorado State by 10. Michigan State in two overtimes, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beats right. Nebraska 23 to 20. So Michigan State remains unbeaten and ranked nationally after that. Uh, Michigan beat Rutgers by a touchdown. And then the other loss for the Big Ten was in Chicago. Notre Dame beat Wisconsin 41 to 13. That game was close for a little while. Yeah, I think the score but, doesn't uh, really indicate it, that game. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I'm still not totally sold on Notre Dame. 
No. Uh, granted, I know they haven't lost a game yet, and we'll talk about their upcoming match here in a bit. Um, but uh, Wisconsin, you know, and I, I thought about this when I was going through my power rankings. Wisconsin on the year is just one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, their two losses have been to Penn State, who is one of the top five teams in the country, and Notre Dame, who, as I said, I'm not totally sold on them, but they still haven't lost yet. So yeah. it's hard to fully grasp how, how I feel about Wisconsin yet, but um, they're, they're only one and two to start the season. So um, something to keep in mind there. So um, should we give our power rankings? Is that what you want to do now? Yeah. What do you think? Should we do that? Let's, Let's do, do it. power rankings. All right. We'll start at the bottom. Um, I don't have, I have mine compared to last week, but, um, let's start at the bottom. Number 14. Who do you got at 14, Craig? My bottom two teams haven't changed. Yeah, I still got yeah. Illinois 13, Notre Dame 14. Mine haven't changed Dame. either. Northwestern. Sorry. You have Illinois 13 and Northwestern 14. Yes. Correct. Uh, mine also haven't changed, but I have them reversed. I have Northwestern 13 and Illinois 14. 12. What do you got at 12, Craig? I got some drops here. Um, oh. I dropped Purdue Woo-hoo. down two spots. Even though they won, I dropped them down two spots to 12. Okay. That's fair. Um, I have Rutgers here still. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have much change at the bottom at all. <laughs> um, I have Rutgers at 12 and Purdue at 11. For right now. You have 11. Even though they won, I dropped Indiana two spots. So okay, f- from like 12 to 8, the teams that won, I dropped, but the teams that lost went up, if that makes sense. so Sure, <laughs> yes. So Indiana 11, Purdue 12. Okay, Indiana 11 and Purdue 12. All right. Who do you have at 10? Minnesota. You have How the, the mighty have fallen. I had yeah, them five I- preseason. I dropped them three spots now down to number 10. That's a bad loss. Yeah, (laughs) I did the exact same thing. I have Minnesota down three spots to number 10 as well. Number nine, who do you have at nine? Nebraska. This is one of the teams that lost that I have risen three spots. They've rose three spots in my rankings, even though they lost. I think they're playing better, and I've been saying it for weeks. I don't think they're as bad as people are piling on to them i don't think they're that bad so i put them up to number nine i have nebraska at nine as well they moved up one spot for me to get there so nebraska at nine for both of us how about eight we're gonna have a different it's at different at eight i can tell already this is where i've uh i might have some people being like whoa what Rutgers, number eight okay they lost at michigan but they held michigan scoreless in the second half kind of Michigan had to hold them off like they made a late game rally against Michigan and I I think Michigan's on back not back to where they used to be but I think they're they're number 14 in the country so I think they're pretty good and Rutgers hung right with them at the big house I think Rutgers is a decent football team so I got Rutgers rising three spots to eight I am prepared to move Rutgers up I just haven't done it yet um Again, I didn't have a lot of change down that low. My number eight, I have Indiana. Um, I have them moving up a spot. Um, I'm not totally convinced on them yet. 
Um, and I don't think, obviously, they're the team they were last year. We already know that. But um, I do have them moving up one spot to number eight. Seven. Who do you have at seven? Maryland moves up one. Undefeated Maryland moves yep. up one to number seven. Same for me. Maryland up one to seven. Number six. Who do you have at six? The Badgers fell two spots from four to six. One and two. Yes. A couple losses. I I have them doing the same. And as I said earlier, I'm I they're they're tough to figure out right now. Um, yeah. They they didn't look great against Notre Dame, although as you said, I don't think that score totally reflected the game. Yeah. Um, they do have they are only one and two, but those two losses have come to two pretty darn good teams. So yeah. I currently have Wisconsin sitting at six, moving to, down two spots. I could see them jumping up a couple spots here in the next few weeks. I could also see them falling even lower. Yep. Uh, number five. This is for me is the surprise of the year. I don't know about you. Yeah, but yeah, Sparty. Yeah, Sparty. Sparty. Top five. Yep, Sparty moved up a spot for me uh, to the to the five, um, and then for you as well. Number four. I'm going to guess that our four is probably the same, and our three is probably probably the same. We'll see yeah. about one and two. Yeah. Um, but you got a four. Yeah, Michigan goes up one because Wisconsin fell two. Yeah, Michigan's Michigan's number four. Yep, Michigan up one. Number three, Penn State. Iowa. Oh, whoa. Really? That's the same, right? I'm just – sure. Is that what I – that's what I had last week? That's no, what I have I written probably, down. It probably is what you had last week. I just was – I don't know. I was caught off guard when you said that. <laughs> My top three so hasn't you changed have, in like you have pins. You have Penn State still at three. Yeah. Okay. I did some changing in my top three. Okay. And I'll and I'll get to that in a second. I have Iowa at number three. That is the same. I have Ohio State at two. And I maybe should have done this last week. Okay. I'm not out on them. I'm not out on Ohio State. I still think they're probably the best team in the conference. But when it comes down to it, Penn State hasn't lost yet. Yeah. Penn State has wins against good teams. And Ohio State has a loss under, under their belt. Yeah. So, again, I probably could have made that decision last week. Granted, I made it this week. I think one through three, there could be some interchanging there. Um, but that that's what I did. I just I made that decision just based on what I've seen so far. As I said, I'm certainly not ruling Ohio State out. I think at the end of the day, they'll probably be the Big Ten champion. But as of right now, just based on records and what they've done, I'm going with Ohio State 2 and Penn State 1. Just to appease okay. the, the Nittany Lions fans out there that are listening. <laughs> yeah, I didn't change anything just because neither of the three this week had much competition. Uh, no. Ak- Akron, Colorado State, and Villanova. So I left it the same, Ohio State 1, Iowa 2, Penn State 3. Uh, yeah. Although it's reversed in the national rankings. Penn State's the highest. And Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> – so, yeah. Well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't make those based really on this week. It was really more of, I probably should have done this last week if I was going to do it, but uh, that's where we left it. So we will get those posted up this week and we will keep continue to update those as the season goes along. Let's talk about picks, Craig. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting beat, man. You're getting beat. <laughs> What's going on there? Taking some chances. You're taking some chances. All right. So last week, Craig went 12 and four. 
You went nine and two in the Big Ten and three and two nationally. Last week, I went 13 and three, nine and two in the Big Ten and four and one on the national schedule. So now I have a two game lead on you. You are 51 and 21 on the year, and I am 53 and 19. So, so that being said, let's make our picks for this week. Let's do it. Let's start on the national schedule. First off, with the Southern Illinois Salukis. Craig, we didn't talk about this. Yeah. This is where you were last week. It was. It was. You, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me just give you my standpoint. Okay. At one point, I saw, I knew you were there and I saw you were there. And at one point, I wasn't watching the game. I like, looked at the score. I saw they were down at halftime. And I almost texted you and I said, wow. It's a good game to go to. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the final score. And I almost texted you again. <laughs> I said, wow. Almost said, wow. Picked a good game to go to. <laughs> so talk about it. Talk about your experience uh, visiting the campus of Southern Illinois University Carbondale before we get into picks this week. Yeah. Um, at halftime, I was ready to – I was ready to be disappointed at the end of the game. Uh, SIU just they didn't look like a team that I've watched for the last year and a half, two years um, down 10 to nothing against a pretty average to below average Illinois State team uh, and I, I was like mm, of course the game I come to this happens, I'm a black cat, like every, <laughs> every, every team that I like sucks, football team that I like sucks um, and then Illinois State comes out and they score the first touchdown of the second half. I don't know if you realize that if you were just watch, looking at the scores. So it was 17 to nothing. And I remember telling my mom, leaning over and telling mom, I was like, I have a bad feeling about this. And this was at halftime. This was before they went up 17 nothing. I was like, I have a bad feeling about this. And then there was a, a series of events. I don't remember how it happened. I know there was a... SIU got a long kick return. They got called back. Then they just kind of started mountain drives and getting stops and, and finally broke through. But I was I was ready to be so disappointed. It was that uh, the Michael Scott gif. Um, I'm ready to be disappointed again or something like that. I, I can't remember the exact verbiage, but I was like, I haven't been here in eight years. And they're finally good. Top 10 team in the country. And the game I come to, they're going to freaking lose to the rival that everyone hates. But they didn't. So it turned out being really good. <laughs> Rattled off 35 unanswered points. Yeah. yeah. 35 unanswered points. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you wear your Jeremy Chin jersey? No. I, <laughs> as they introduced him, I was like, I should have wore my Chin jersey. I don't know why I didn't. I just wore an SIU shirt. But I should have. I should have worn my chin jersey because he was there. Did you go down to get your picture taken with him like the kids no. from CZR did? <laughs> no, no. If I would have saw him, I would have said hi and stuff. I don't know. I probably would have taken a picture. I'm not above that. But, um, but yeah, it was fun. It was good to be back. It was a quick trip. I left right after the game to come back here. So didn't get to do any sightseeing. I did drive by Pinch Penny Pub. Still standing. IP. Yeah. Did you at least like go to Quattro's or did you? No, wanted to go to Quattro's, but on a game day and all that stuff. And I don't know the, the seating arrangement. 
um, like outdoor seating or anything. So, no, we just did a quick drive through on the way down there and went to the game and parents came back to Pinckneyville and I came to Louisville. Well, I'm glad you got to experience that. Yeah, that's my Go last. Fo- I think it's my last football road trip of the year. You're not going to go to Champagne at all? I, I don't think so. I don't have any yeah. plans to. Yeah. Going to sell those tickets? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's do our picks now. Uh, Southern goes to Western Illinois. Southern is now three and one. They're ranked number seven in the FCS. Western Illinois is one and three. Are the dogs winning on the road? What do you say you, Craig Schoep? Yes, they are. Yes. They're moving to four and one. I, I agree. Go Southern, go. All right. Craig's Louisville Cardinals. They go to Wake Forest. Um, this game is a 1230 game. Wake Forest is ranked now 23 in the country. They are 4-0 after beating uh, Virginia. Yeah. Was it Virginia last week? Pick game yeah. that I got right that Craig did not. Yeah. yeah. Um, go Deacons. Craig, are you taking your Cardinals or are you taking the Deacons at home? I don't know what it is, but I just can't buy Wake Forest as a football program or a basketball program. They just kind of suck all around. So I, I'm going to go with Louisville. Um, oh, they're wow. a six-and-a-half road underdog, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, I'm going to take Wake Forest. I'm going to take them at home. I'm not totally buying into them, but I think the Two weeks in a row you picked them. Well, maybe I'm their lucky charm. <laughs> Maybe they're my lucky charm. Uh, they're magically delicious. UCLA, they're ranked nationally as well. They're number 20 in the country. They're three and one, and they host Arizona State, who's also three and one. UCLA or Arizona State? Great joke. Mm, this one's tough. I like both of these teams. Do you? I like I liked Arizona State preseason, and then after watching a couple of UCLA game, LA games early, I liked them. Um should have pulled this up. Looking at the spread here. Uh, I would say UCLA is a favorite. Yeah, UCLA is a three-point favorite. It's at UCLA. I should have had these ready before, but I just wrote them down and didn't do any research. Um, give me UCLA. I'm going to rock the home team on this one. I'm going to take UCLA as well. Um, not really a huge, big rhyme or reason, but I think they're, they're a pretty decent football team this year. I'm going to take them there. Uh, Baylor goes to Oklahoma State. Baylor's 4-0 and ranked 21 in the country. Oklahoma State also 4-0 and ranked 19 in the country. So this is a top 25 matchup on ESPN2 Saturday night. Craig, are you taking Baylor or Oklahoma State? Battle of the the future powers of the Big Twelve. <laughs> of the Big Twelve, yeah. <laughs> hey, don't forget, uh, don't forget BYU and Houston and UCF, and Cincinnati. Um, I mean, this is kind of a surprise matchup. I don't think anybody expected these two teams to be top twenty-five teams at this point. I don't think I can name you a single player on either team. Nope. <laughs> um, so shows how much research we do when we make these picks. Just kind of a oh. gut feel here. Um, Oklahoma State favorite. Um, I'm gonna go with the Pokes. Um, I'm pretty sure Tuscola native Hunter Woodard still plays on the team. So, so give me, uh, give me OK State. 
Shout out to Tuscola. I ride with Chip Gaines. Of day. course you do. <laughs> Baylor Bears on the road. All right. All right. This is a big one. This is a big yeah. one here in here in South Bend. Uh, the number nine Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who just beat Wisconsin by a pretty good margin in Chicago, now hosts Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is number seven in the country. This is a big game here in town. Um, I, the way I see it, the winner of this keeps themselves in the conversation for yep. the college football playoff. Uh, the loser is uh, is a, most likely out of the mix. Um, you would think. So, yeah, I, I don't really see a scenario, especially for Cincinnati. Notre Dame, a one-loss Notre Dame team, maybe. But that's a that's a big maybe. So, are you taking Cincinnati on the road to upset, or are you taking Brian Kelly against his former program? Are we going to get a special report from the field on Saturday from you, Logan? Uh, maybe. Man, if I oh maybe I should go try to get a ticket. Mm, that'd be fun. That would actually that'd be, be fun. Game to go yeah, to. yeah. I hadn't really um, thought about it. I might I might go check that out this weekend. We'll have to see. Yeah, I will. I. Totally would if I were you. You haven't been to Notre Dame game yet, have you? Football game? No. Tickets aren't exactly easy to come by. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I don't, um, don't get me wrong. I do know people, but they're, they're, it's, this isn't Louisville. <laughs> this, isn't, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't Champagne or Bandit either. It's a little um, bit of a different animal up here. This is another one of those games where the team Notre Dame's playing is coming off a bye, like you said a couple weeks ago. There's like Cincinnati five had the week off. Five of those yeah. on the schedule. Yes. Um, I told I said a couple weeks ago, I don't know why it was, but I've always kind of leaned towards Cincinnati and kind of liked Cincinnati. So I'm going to take them. Um, they're a road favorite. They're actually a two and a half point favorite in this game. Um, I, I'm going to take Cincinnati. I think they're better. I, I figured this was going to be one where we differed, but it's not. I'm taking Cincinnati. I think going they against I think, your fighting Irish. I think Cincinnati has has a lot more to play for. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. think that they're they're on a mission. I mean, I think Cincinnati is is on a mission to prove something for every every non Power Five school that you know yeah. they they have been they have been the elite pro, the elite program for the last few years. They're finally in position now. They're top seventeen in the country. Um, nothing against Notre Dame. I think they're you know I think they're pretty good. Even though I've you know I'm not I'm not totally sold on them, um, but I I just I just see that being Cincinnati. I see, I see them taking that. So something that shouldn't be lost in all of this is Notre Dame's defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, was Cincinnati's defensive coordinator just last year. So That's a good point. coming from program to program here could have a little bit of an upper hand. That's certainly a good point. Uh, but you and I are both taking Cincinnati. We'll have to see how that goes. Pretty excited for that one. All right, the battle for the Roosevelt Belt. Alabama hosts Ole Miss, the fighting Tyler Wootens. Uh, this is the big CBS game, 3.30 on Saturday. You taking the Tide at home, or are you going to take Ole Miss? Great joke. What say you? If Alabama were going to lose a regular season game, think this, this, is it? this might be the most likely one. Because after that, they ha- after this, they have Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Tennessee, LSU, New Mexico State, WTF, Arkansas, who knows what they'll be by then, 
and then Auburn to end the year. So if they're to lose a regular season game, I would venture to say this would be their most vulnerable position. But I don't see it happening. As much as I would love for it to happen, I don't see it happening. Um, I am a 14.5-point favorite as of recording. I think they they probably win this one. So you're taking Alabama? Yes. Okay, roll time. Uh, I will take Alabama as well. I'm not going to overthink it too much. <laughs> Last one we're doing on the national schedule. Um, I'm not. Why is this not the? Why is this not the prime time game? Am I missing something? I know. I'm sure you're oh. right. I'm sure your schedule's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't the, know. The schedule, what, according to what you have here, which I believe is probably true, is the Penn State Indiana is the prime time game, which going into the season probably made more oh. sense than what it does now. Yeah, but, uh, that's true. That's true. Penn, Penn State Indiana as the ABC primetime game is not nearly as enticing right now as I don't know Georgia Arkansas or <laughs> I mean I get that Alabama and Ole Miss is CBS and NBC has Notre Dame and all that stuff but like come on man yeah. uh, all right Georgia and Arkansas Georgia's number two in the country Arkansas is number eight this is in Athens. Craig? I think uh, I think the Hogs' little dream start to the season here comes crashing down. Georgia, go dogs! So you're taking the dogs, not the Hogs. Dogs, the the second tier dogs, because we know who the the best dogs. So are. should I take the Hogs and not the dogs? I took the Hogs last week. They won I'm me. The dogs. Uh, I'm taking Georgia. Yeah. Georgia wins at home. Yeah. Both one and two will come out victorious. All right, move over to the Big Ten. Uh, Western Kentucky goes to Michigan State. Michigan State has yet to lose. They're 17th in the country, 4-0. Uh, this is also a primetime game, this one on FS1. Taking Michigan State, Craig? Yes. Uh, Western Kentucky almost beat Indiana last week, lost by two. But I think Sparty's a little bit better than Indiana, so uh, give me Sparty. I agree. I'm going to take Michigan State. I think their run will end eventually. Uh, yeah, I, I eventually. Don't see it. I don't see it being this week. Um, Iowa goes to Maryland. Both of those teams are 4-0, uh, but Iowa is a nationally ranked top five in the country. This is a Friday night kickoff. Uh, this is that late one on Friday night on FS1, Iowa at Maryland. Who you got? Seen a lot of people saying this might be the game that Iowa falls just because hmm. – Looking back at their schedule, the, they're the number five team in the country, but the two ranked teams they beat are Indiana and Iowa State. And Iowa State lost to Baylor this week, so neither team are really what people thought they were, so maybe those wins aren't quite as impressive. They are on the road, night game. But what I saw from Maryland two weeks ago in Champaign did not impress me. So I'm going to go with the Hawkeyes on the road. Yeah. I'm going to go with them as well. Is this the second Friday night kickoff Maryland's had already this season? Yeah, because yeah, because they was that the Illinois game? Was that the Friday yeah. night one with Maryland? Yep, second Friday yeah. night in two in three weeks. Wow. Yeah, I think you're probably right on Iowa. I'm not sure that they're quite as good as what uh, they've been advertised as, but I still think they win that game. Purdue coming off their win over Illinois hosts Minnesota. Uh, are you taking the Boilers or are you going to take the Gophers? Oh, man. Minnesota was my preseason sleeper team, and they've – I mean, uh, a lot of it could be because Mo Ibrahim's out, but they still ran for a ton of yards last week. They just 
I don't know what happened to them against Bowling Green. Um, a lot of it could depend on David Bell's status for Purdue. I know he didn't play against Illinois, but I don't know if he'll be back for this one or not. I'm really at a toss-up for this. Um, but I guess Purdue is riding a little bit of momentum. So I'll, I'll go with the Boilermakers, but I'm not confident in it. I will take Purdue as well. I don't think they're great by any means, but I do think they're, they're respectable and I'm just not sold on Minnesota. So I'm going to take Purdue. Nebraska, the team that uh, Craig thinks might be better than people think. They host Northwestern, who Craig has as the worst team in the conference. So are you taking Nebraska? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I was confused. I, I will yes. take Nebraska as well. Uh, Ohio State goes to Rutgers. Ohio State now is number 11 in the country. Uh, both teams are three and one. Ohio State on the road. Who you got, Craig? I'd love for Rutgers to do it, but I don't think they do. Ohio State. Ohio State is the pick as well for me. Uh, Penn State hosts Indiana. As we talked about, this is the Saturday night ABC game. Um, this is the second time already Penn State's had the Saturday night game. Yeah. Um, this matchup is not nearly as uh, spectacular as the first one and not nearly as spectacular as probably what they thought going into the season, seeing how Indiana is not the Cinderella story they were last year and it's now 2-2. Two and two. Penn State at home against Indiana. Is there any chance Indiana pulls this one off? No. Nittany Lions by two touchdowns yep. or yep. more. Penn State. Penn State, for sure. Uh, this is a good one. This is the noon kickoff on Fox. Michigan goes to Wisconsin. Michigan has been a little bit of a surprise, I think, to some people. They're 4-0 on the season, top 15 in the country. Wisconsin has been a little bit of a surprise, too. I don't think they've been quite as good as people thought. But as we already talked about a couple times, their two losses have been to already ranked teams. So does that trend continue? Does Wisconsin lose again to another ranked team? Or do they finally pull one off? Mm. This one's tough. This one's tough. Um, both teams, both programs seem to be turning things the opposite direction of what they have been the last 10 years. Michigan's kind of been down, but now they're starting to look up and Wisconsin's been up and they're really starting to look down. Wisconsin's going to turn it on eventually, don't you think? Yeah. And I mean, I was really high on Michigan, but before last week, where they barely beat Rutgers, who I think Rutgers is good, but I still think it's a Rutgers team that Michigan should beat by two, three scores, and they didn't. So I'm going to go with 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 I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I think they they write the ship here, and at home, I think they beat Michigan. I I agree. I think Michigan does have a good season ahead <laughs> of them. I think they are going to bounce back here. Um, but I think this is a game that Wisconsin knows they have to win. Are you just picking uh, if, every game like I am so you can keep your team? No, game game? <laughs> no. These have been highlighted. I have given these all thought. We haven't picked everyone the same. We've had different ones, right? A couple, yeah, a couple are different. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm taking Wisconsin. I'm, I'm taking Wisconsin. I think that they, I, as I said, I think that uh, I think they have to figure it out eventually, and I think this is the game to do it. And then, lastly, our lowly Fighting Illini uh, host Charlotte, noon Eastern on Big Ten Network on Saturday. Craig, does Illinois pull off a win to go to two and four, or does Charlotte come in to Champaign and pick up their fourth win of the season? 
Illinois is an 11 point favorite. Does that surprise you? That's a lot, right? (laughs) Right. If I were going to pick Charlotte, it'd be a perfect, like Illinois is about to get wrapped up in Charlotte's web joke. (laughs) But good night, everybody. (laughs) I'm, (laughs) I'm not confident in it. I'm very, very nervous, but I'm going to take Illinois. I'm very, I'm very nervous about this game, but I'm going to take Illinois. Now you've now you've made me like self-conscious and like want to like pick against you just because <laughs> you decided to give me crap for it. Um, I'm gonna I'm taking Illinois too. I I just they're not good. We know they're not good. Um, I don't think there are very many wins left on the schedule. So no. to be quite honest with you, I think this is one of about probably two that are left. Um, so I'm gonna take Illinois. Uh, I as I as you said, I'm also not confident about it. But that's what I'm going to do. So there you have it. We will get those out, and uh, we'll see how we do next week. See if I can hold my two-game lead over Craig, or if he can close the gap or potentially even overtake me. But as many times as I pick the same as him, he's probably not going to overtake me. So that's at least something. All right, let's move on from college football. We've talked about that for way too long. Craig, do you want to talk about baseball? I I don't really have anything to say, um, but – I, I'm sure that you being wearing the shirt that you are having the banner that you have hanging behind you during this current stretch of time, I figured you probably have some things you want to talk about. Am I right? I don't have, have anything watched, like, have you watched the Cardinals? Have you decided so... that have you wanted to jinx it? And like, go on. I know you tweeted about this. So go on, tell your story. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything prepared. I just mentioned you know, Cardinals are on a 16-game win streak, the longest since, I think, the 50s. The franchise's longest ever. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Um, I mean, at the deadline, picking up guys like J.A. Happ and John Lester, everyone was like, really, like that's who you're going to get for a stretch run. But um, it's been Cardinals devil magic for two weeks now. Um, the tweet that Logan was talking about, they were uh, the YouTube game of the week had to have been Wednesday. I think those are normally on Wednesday. It was at the, at Milwaukee work. It was afternoon game work day. So I'm sitting at my computer. I was like, okay, I'll turn it on. I haven't turned on the start of a Cardinals game. Like Cardinals haven't been um, appointment television in months. Like I don't haven't cared to start watching games, but I was like, it's on YouTube. I'll easy. I'll turn it on first inning. Adam Wainwright gives up a grand slam. I was like, all right, I'm turning this off. I'm done. Um, I'll keep up with the score, but I'm not watching. They came back and won that game. And then this weekend in Chicago, I think they were losing maybe every game they were down late in late innings, and they came back and won every game. It's just I don't have much to say other than this. It's incredible. The magic number is down to one to clinch the second wild card spot, which, I mean – it's inevitable at this point because the Reds or Padre or Reds or Phillies inevitably will lose. Cardinals could lose out the rest of the year and still get the wild card spot. It's just incredible. I, I don't know how they're doing it. I don't, I don't understand it, but um, it's weird not watching it though. Cause I, I haven't watched it. I'm not watching the games. So I don't know what's going on. I just, I keep getting these score updates. Tyler O'Neill home run. Edmundo Sosa double. The score is two. 
Um, Harrison Bader scored on a sacrifice fly from second in the Milwaukee series. I mean, it's they're doing it in these crazy ways. It's just I, – I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to look back on this season 15 years from now. It's going to be – it's going to be weird. At what point do you actually start watching? Playoffs. So I'll, watch, not, I'll watch the wild card game. A, you're not afraid to watch the wild uh, card game and, and jinx it when they get smacked around by the Dodgers and – Walker Bueller one hits them or something, or I mean, if the or, Dodgers go on and win the NL West, I'm much more comfortable facing the Giants than I am the Dodgers. So I'm rooting for the Dodgers to win every game from here on out. I I heard somebody I might have been on a Cubs podcast I was listening to. Maybe you can confirm or deny this. Sounds like they the Cardinals might be scheduling it out so that John Lester is the wild card pitcher of the wild card game. Does that make I any don't. sense to you? No, I, I don't see how you don't give Wainwright the ball in that situation. That's what that's what somebody had said. I don't know if I haven't looked into that to verify that, but no, I think I mean, once they clinch, they'll set it up to give Wainwright the ball on the wild card. Um, Jack Flaherty is back from injury. Dakota Hudson has been out for the year. He had Tommy John last year, so he came back during the Cubs series. I think he threw like sixty something pitches, so um, he could be like a. He, he could get a start and go like five innings maybe um, and then maybe throw Jack Flaherty in for one or two. So, I mean, things are falling into place, but I mean, if you're facing the Dodgers in a wild card, I, I I'm not getting my hopes up for that whatsoever. If they don't win the NL West. No, the Dodgers are loaded. I might start yeah. watching once, once they clinch, once they clinch their spot and they have that second wild card, I might start watching, but um, on Saturdays, I'm going to watch college football. On Sundays, I'm going to watch NFL. Thursday night, I'm going to watch uh, NFL. Actually, this Thursday, I'm going to the game. I'm going to Cincinnati this Thursday for Bengals, oh, this is, Jaguars. This is where you can wear your Joe Burrow jersey. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'll start watching soon. But it's just been fun to get these rant, like these updates. That the Cardinals are down six to two, and the next thing I know, they're up eight to six. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so. I'm happy for you, I guess. I'm happy for Cardinals fans. They haven't been quite as intolerable but because I, I think it's mostly because it's kind of shocked everybody. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But it also, I mean, the Cubs have been out of it since freaking June. So, whatever. Um, real quickly, would you like to weigh in on the discourse of the AL MVP conversation? It's Shohei Otani's. I mean, I looked at the Vegas odds and it's not even close. Like, Vegas has Otani at uh, minus. 2500 uh, odds and Vladdy is like plus 400. So if you know anything about gambling numbers, that is not even close. Like Shohei has run away with it. And I saw what Mike Trout said. Did you see what Mike Trout said? I don't think so. No. Something about how um, Vlad's, Vlad's numbers and Shohei's numbers at the plate look very similar. You know, Vlad's having a great year, but Trout was like, I've never seen Vlad pitch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a whole nother component that. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't, if he doesn't win, if Shohei Hotani is not the AL MVP, baseball has a bigger problem than any of us thought. Yeah. No, I, I don't think there's any chance it's not him. And I, I mean, it's obviously, it's an unfortunate thing for Vladdy because he is having that incredible of a season. And, you know, most times that's a MVP caliber season. 
But yeah. in this case, you know, if Otani wasn't pitching, yeah, it yeah, probably is, sure. it is Vladdy. I mean, it is Vladdy. I mean, Otani would certainly be in the conversation, yeah. but it's Vladdy yeah. probably runaway. Um, yeah. But uh, for Otani to not only be hitting like he is, but also to be, um, I mean, he's not a Cy Young caliber pitcher by any means, but I mean, he's certainly having a really good year on the mound too. So could you imagine uh, yeah. if he ever does that? Wins MVP and Cy Young. I mean, I guess people, I guess pitchers have won MVP before. Yeah, you but, can do that, but yeah, but that would just be that's astounding. Um, all right, we probably should have stacked the show a little better. Um, at, had we been real good producers, we probably would have put the college stuff with the college football, and you know, then gone to <laughs> baseball. But you know, now we're going to go back to college sports because there was some some news uh, in the Missouri Valley Conference, which both you and I uh, are familiar with going to Southern Illinois and growing up in the heartland of Southern and Central Illinois. Uh, Belmont, the Belmont Ruins out of Nashville, Tennessee, out of Nash, Vegas, going to be joining the Missouri Valley Conference. Craig, uh, I know this is something we've talked about both on and off the show before. You like this move? Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Should have happened a long time ago. The only question is, and I think I know the answer, is this the only move? Because it makes it an 11-team conference, which is weird, but it is a basketball conference, so it doesn't necessarily need to have an even number. But I feel like having an even number makes everything a whole lot easier. So there's got to be another school coming in because I don't foresee any of the 10 that were already there leaving. No, uh, I I agree. Um, I think it's kind of weird sticking out 11. I do think they add one more. Um, I think there's one obvious one out there geographically yes. that makes sense, yes. but I do know the Valley really likes the idea of getting into new markets and yeah. as great of a basketball school as they are, Murray state's not exactly a new market. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is that the Ohio Valley is falling apart. Um, so Murray state is about as, about as good of a program as that school as conference really has at this point. Yeah. Um, so I think Murray state probably makes the most sense. I know obviously the Valley would love to have slew. That's not happening. Um, I don't really know where else they would go to get the bigger markets. They've already gotten to Chicago. Now they're going to be in Nashville. Um, they already have a hold on, on St. Louis, even though they don't actually have a school there. Um, so I mean, yeah, I think, I think Murray state makes sense for a lot of, and I think a lot of people agree. I did read something about that. Southern was against that in the past. Um, oh because with they're having enrollment issues and Murray state is, is part of the reason for that. Um, you know, when it comes to financial sense for a school like that, you know, as close as those two schools are geographically, probably not the thing that they want. Um, but I, again, I know Southern is just one school, so I, I don't know how this is going to play out, but as of right now, it is just the one school, the one edition of Belmont, which I think is great. I think it's great for the Valley. I mean, Listen, I mean, they, they lost Wichita State a few years ago. The losses of Creighton and Wichita State, were, you're never going to make up for that. Loyola has been a pleasant surprise yeah. for the Valley. Yeah. Um, I know that's still a little sour for us Illinois fans, but they have been a very welcome addition to the conference. And SIU um, fans. Well, yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> you know, Valparaiso, eh, I mean, whatever. I, I don't really yeah. know that that one is as big of a fit. Um especially since they're already in the Chicago market. So Valparaiso is 
way out of there. So um, either way, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I do think Murray State is certainly an option. I'm sure I'm sure there's probably other options out there too that they're considering if they do want to add. Let me throw one out here. Talks about there's been talks about stretching into Texas. Seems a little far to me, but okay, go on. You dub Milwaukee. Are they in a horizon? Is that a they, step up? Yeah, I would think it'd be a step up. I mean, Valpo was the horizon. Um, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee can make some sense. That's getting pretty far north. It's no, not much farther north than uh, no, not I Loyola. Mean, no, it's close to – that's true. I mean, geographically, yeah. I mean, that could make some sense. I could see that one. That'd be a new market for him. Yeah, that one. I could see that for sure. I haven't seen that name flying around, but that's certainly mm-hmm. an option. So selfishly, keep in mind. selfishly, I would love Murray State, SEMO, and Eastern Illinois because I, I like the regional thing, and I I see what that's you're saying about SIU conference. I see where I see what you're saying with SIU not wanting the regional schools like that, but yeah, I love when SIU plays SEMO. They don't really play Eastern a whole lot, but it would be an easy win and everything. <laughs> so yeah. So no, I don't know. I, and it's not going to happen. I, I kind of like Milwaukee. Um, I've thought about that since I saw the Belmont thing and who else they could get, but I would lean towards Murray and I don't, I don't hate yeah. it, but. We'll see. I think Milwaukee makes sense. Um, I know, I know they already have a few schools in Indiana, but maybe a school in Indianapolis can make some sense. So anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh, Ryder yep. Cup. Craig, did you watch some golf this weekend or were you a little preoccupied? I watched some other stuff. I watched a little bit uh, when I was home Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, my grandma came over and uh, her and grandpa got me into golf. So we, we turned it on after um, I forgot what we started the day with, but, but yeah, turned it on. Um, what's the biggest sports blowout you ever remember? Uh, uh... You put me on the spot with this one. Okay, um, well, whatever it is. I, I mean, nothing comes to my mind. But Whatever it is, on. multiply it by 500, and that's what you got with the Ryder Cup this week. It was awesome. Um, those that don't know what the Ryder Cup is, uh, maybe didn't listen last week, it's the United States versus Europe um, golf. So it's a team aspect to golf that you rarely get. Um, 12 golfers from – the U S and 12 golfers from Europe, the Friday and Saturday, you start with a a best ball in the morning and then four ball in the afternoon. Best ball is you alternate shots, you and your teammate. So it's groups of two, each team throws out groups of two, they face off, um, alternate shots. And then, um, you don't keep score like normal. It's match play, which means if my team would get a four on a hole and Logan's team would get a five, my team would go one up. And then if it's flipped the next hole, we'd be all square. So it, you win hole by hole instead of how many times you hit the ball. Um, and then afternoon was four ball where all four players play the whole, the entire hole. And then you take the best individual score from the hole. And then Sunday, all 12 players match up singles matches. So you needed Europe had won the last couple or last, the last one. So they only needed 14 points to retain it, to retain the cup. United States needed 14 and a half to win it. The score was 19 to nine, which is the biggest margin of victory since the seventies. And this event is every other year. So it was just complete utter domination 
Um, the U.S. led six to two after the first day, and it never got any closer than that. It was just, just it was it was dominant, and it's something that the U.S. hasn't done in a long time. Like I said, they've only won it twice this century since 2000. The United States has only won this event twice, and it's every other year. So uh, it was good to see because um, Steve Stricker, former Illini Illini alum, was the captain of the U.S. team. Um, he got emotional after it in the press conference saying um, he never won a major individually. So he considered this his major. Um, I think he's probably one of the best golfers ever not to win a major. So um, just a fun weekend of golf. It's, and I said it last week, it's an event that I have on my bucket list. I wish kind of wish we were still living in champagne just for this. Cause I probably would have driven up a couple of a handful of my friends from home actually did go and they were sending pictures and stuff and, um, normally when you watch golf on TV, it's a bunch of the quiet, you know, golf claps and everyone's like, everyone's talking really quiet. Cause you gotta be polite. This is completely opposite. Like they were screaming in the grandstands and running around the course. It, it was amazing. It was so much fun. I mean, you were in champagne on Friday. So you yeah, could but I was have doing stuff that we could have gone I was doing stuff. That. That's a lot like, but then the drive back to Louisville would have been, absolutely miserable whatever you're making those excuses uh i didn't i didn't see much of it and, and frankly i didn't see much of it on twitter but i'm realizing the reason as to why is because there was no drama or anything so no i did see the, the us one but that's honestly about as much as i knew so yeah uh go go team america um <laughs> let's move on to some i'm gonna i'm gonna wait on that I'm gonna, do t- okay. I'm gonna do TV first. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna end. We're with- gonna close with the. Big- we're gonna close. We're gonna All close right. with it. You're such a tease. Um, You're just teasing tease. our listeners right now. I am a tease, and the longer we go, the less. I don't know. I have so much to say and so little time. Uh, let's talk about some TV first. Some reality TV. I know this is Craig's big time to shine. Uh, let's start with Big Brother. Uh, damn. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! Well, did so not see Thursday that night. Yeah, no Thursday night. Uh, I did not see the show live. I had gone to the movie earlier, so didn't see it till later. And I didn't see anything on Twitter. I was pretty sure Kylie was going to go home. Um, but I just I happened to see Julie Chen's tweet, and I don't remember what it was, but it was some sort of gif and like the big eye emojis. And then like minutes after that is when I saw what happened. Um, so for those that. I mean, whoever cares at this point, but Kylie got evicted um, in the final four. Uh, Xavier won POV, didn't change the nominations. So Derek F had the final vote and he voted to send out Kylan, which essentially was a blind side to Kylan. He didn't know that was happening and got pretty pissed off at, at Xavier. Yes, that one. I saw that seconds before I uh, saw saw what actually happened oh that's what she's referring to so kylan did not handle that very well um very childish um he got pretty pissed at xavier and then brought xavier's nephew into the conversation um and xavier did not take kindly to that and i applaud xavier for standing his ground and not doing anything at that point to Result in him also having to leave the house, but uh, Kylan Kylan didn't want to leave. He was he was they they everything short of them having to send in people to physically remove him. I mean, he was he was whining and crying and wailing his arms the whole time. 
Uh, I don't know normally, that he didn't want to leave. I think he just wanted an answer from Xavier. No, that's true. No, that's true. Um, yeah, he felt he felt very betrayed by Xavier. And I, I mean, I get it. I mean, I Xavier and Kylan did have a final two, um, but we've heard from Xavier countless times that that was not really his his final two. He would have stuck to that if the situation was what it was. But, you know, Xavier made the right choice. Um, I, I think that Xavier at that point, um, Kylan was his only true competition left. Um, now I still think there's certainly a scenario out there where Kyle, where Xavier does not win this. Um, but Kylan being the physical competitor that he is, you know, was, was certainly a big hurdle. So I think Xavier made the right choice. Um, Kylan is now out. He's part of the jury. Um, so we have final three now it's just Xavier, Derek F and Aza. And then we did see in Sunday show Derek or Xavier did win the first part of the HOH. So Aza and Derek F will battle in round two. And the winner of that will take on Xavier live on Wednesday night to figure out who's going to be in the final two. As I said, I don't think it's as likely, but I'm a little, I'm a little worried. Um, because the third, the third part will just be a trivia, basically a trivia competition. And if Aza or Derek, whoever it is, beats Xavier, if they're smart, they send him home. They send him to jury. If they're smart, Aza will. I don't know if Derek would. So we'll just have to see what happens. Um, that's kind of my take on the whole thing. You have any thoughts? Same thoughts I had last week. If Aza and Derek are the final two, I'm never watching the show yeah. again. Yeah, that's going to be a really disappointing final two. And, you know, and they've both kind of grown on me a little bit, but I still don't really think that either, either of them, especially Aza, um, really deserve to win this thing. I think Derek, I think Derek has done enough from a, from a um, social, social standpoint to justify something. I'm not saying that he deserves to win. I think there were several other people in that house that deserved to win. Um, most of members of his own alliance. But when I'm comparing him and Aza, I, at that point, it, it's it's pretty clear to me that it should be Derek. Um, but Aza, as much as she hasn't done, I think she has grown on me a little bit. So that's kind of where I stand. I agree with you. If that's the final two, it's going to be very disappointing. Because um, I think Xavier, I think Tiffany, I think Hannah, I think Derek X, I think Claire, I think Kylan. Um, plus whoever else more probably had a better case to win this game than either of those two. I mean, is there anything that Big Brother can do to fix that? Or is that just the way the game is? No, it's just the way the game is. I mean, I think it's just a matter of, I mean, that, that's part of it. And, and you, can, you can win the game multiple ways. I mean, you can be a physical threat. You can be a social threat. You can be a puppet master kind of player. Um, I mean, it's just a matter of, of being the last person standing. I mean, it, that's how those games work. It's just like Survivor. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's yeah. just a matter of being the last person there. And um, I mean, yeah, it will be disappointing. It's not the first time this has happened. There have been other seasons where, you know, the best person didn't win. Or in this case, you know, <laughs> the best six people didn't win. Um, but you know, it happens. I mean, it, that's certainly a part of it. You're not always going to get seasons where, you know, the Cody Calafuris or the Derek Lavassers or the people that dominated the season from the get-go, 
win. I mean, that's just, yeah. it just doesn't always work out that way. It's just unfortunate. If that is, if that is what happens, because I do think yeah. obviously Xavier has a, as good of a shot as any, but any of them, but it's certainly not a, a clear thing. If, if he does make it to the final two, I don't think there's any chance he doesn't. But yeah. if he does get beat in that final HOH, if whoever beats him is smart, they send him out. Yeah. But I think we'll if see. he does win, he's, and I know I've only been watching for a couple of years, but if he wins, he's the best player I've seen in a long time. I think he played he's this had, game really well. No, he has had a good game. He has had a good game. I, I mean, I think, I think he's played it the right way. He's been a, he knew that he could be a physical competitor, but he didn't have to. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think he's ran the game. Um, I think I very much think Tiffany was yeah. running that show, which is um, smart. So from, you know, from, you know, the puppet master standpoint, I think that was Tiffany. Um, but I, I've been a fan of Xavier's game from the beginning. Uh, yeah. I've, he was my pick to win it from the get go. Yeah. And he's, he's proven to be, to be that case. So I think I had Kylan winning early. Now, I mean, Kylan, played well to an extent i mean yeah he was obviously a good physical player i don't yeah. know that his social game was that great i think he annoyed everybody excuse me yeah uh, and then obviously he yeah. didn't end very well so yeah um but yeah we'll, i, we'll I love finale it's wednesday i love too how the jury reacted to tiffany explaining the cookout and the master plan and like the more i hear it the more i'm like that is such a genius yeah to have an alliance and then have everyone in the alliance have their yeah their person their duo oh to where I mean, you it's... you never expose your core alliance because you keep nominating people from your alliance but you know you're going to be yeah. safe i uh, i think that's wonderful it's our, i mean it's definitely one of the greatest alliances in that show in the history of the show you have all six members of it to make it to final six and the things they did um and it i mean oftentimes when they have alliances like that those are like the best players and a lot yeah. of them were in that alliance, but as I said, I think Derek X could be in that conversation. I think Claire could be in that conversation, um, and they weren't a part of that alliance. So, um, yeah. yeah, kudos to them. Finale Wednesday night, so we will see who is crowned winner, and then we can start, stop talking about this show uh, for the next few <laughs> months. So, all you out there that don't want to hear it, uh, big weekend or big week for reality shows for you too, Craig, because yeah. both The Masked Singer and Survivor started this week. Did you yeah. watch both shows? Of course. Okay. Of course. All right, let's hear it. So, excuse me. Survivor's different this year. They threw a lot at us in the first episode. Um, I touched on it last week. They had to shorten the shooting schedule from 39 days to 26 days. So they're trying to cram a lot into a shorter period of time because they have the same number of uh, contestants. So um, there's three tribes of six. And normally, that's not new. They, they do the three tribe thing regularly. But normally at the immunity challenge, the first two went immunity and only one goes to tribal council. At least what they did on the premiere was only one tribe, won immunity, which meant the other two tribes went to tribal council. So that's probably their way of getting more people voted out in a shorter period of time, because instead of voting out one person a week, you're voting out two people a week until they get to the merge. So that's different. Um, there's this new twist called roll of a dice where everyone's given a die and you can at one tribal council, you can put your die in this little urn and then you draw a card basically. And you have a one in six shot 
of drawing safety, which means you're, you're what it says you're safe and no one knows when you draw it. So if you go into tribal council and you're pretty confident that they're voting you out, you can put your die in there, draw a card and have a 17% chance that you just pulled out an immunity idol right there and they cannot vote you out, which new twist, not sure how it's going to work. Um, there's a lot of other advantages hidden out on the, the island that um, we're not sure what they are. One's called the beware, beware advantage. Um, Jeff also has started to address the camera, um, like the office style, like during a challenge, he'll turn to the camera and really? say something. Yeah, I, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, don't know that they utilized it really well because he said it in the intro. He's like, we're bringing you guys into the game. You're going to hear from me more this year, this season. And we all kind of thought, all the viewers kind of thought, you know, all right, Jeff's going to talk to us and explain all these new twists and how this is going to work. But we never really got that. So a lot of twists that I'm still not really sure what's happening. Um, pretty decent premiere episode. Um, but all, all said and done, not impressed with the cast so far. I'm going to need some more development there. There are a couple people that that stuck out to me um, too early to pick a winner after one episode, but um, there's a former football player on there, former Chicago bear, Danny, Danny McCrary. He was a safety. I think um, he, he was really good in the first episode um, kind of proved his worth with his tribe. So I like him a lot. Um Maybe that's why my brother didn't get on Big Brothers because Survivor already had one former bear on their list. <laughs> so, so they didn't want another big, on Big, big Brother. Big Brother <laughs> couldn't, couldn't take another one, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they uh, they voted out two last week. Um, one guy named Abraham and a girl named Sarah. So they're down to, what is it, 16 now? Started with 18. Um yeah, I don't know how much else there is to say. People that I like, just so I can have it on record, um, I like Shan, Evie, Sydney, Ricard, Danny, Liana, and Boche. I think they could win the game. There are a couple others that I like, but I'm not sure how their gameplay is going to be. Uh, a 20-year-old kid named JD just came out guns a-blazing. Like, he started playing the game immediately, and everyone kind of turned on him a little bit. He survived the He survived the vote but he's going to have to tone it back. And then another young guy named Xander, Xander. Um, I just think he might be too raw, but I think he's a, a good, he's going to be in there for a while. So that's my survivor list. Um, we'll see how it evolves. This is going to be, it's going to be a different season just because they had to cram so much in and they're throwing so much at us, but every Thursday morning I'll watch. Cause I don't watch it live. Normally I watch it on the next morning. So, so yeah. yeah. Mass Singer. You have nothing to add to Survivor. How is how is my review? No. Does it doesn't make you want to watch? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that I say every year that I'm gonna watch it and I just never do. So yeah. I um, just live vicariously through those that actually watch it. Um, you know, Survivor is a great show. It's been lasting running for a long time. So I'm glad that you have you have comfort in survivor it makes me happy <laughs> uh that one thing jd said he was born after survivor premiered i don't know if he's the first contestant to ever claim that but he was born in 2001 
and it premiered in 2000. So they made a big deal of it. So that might be the first. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the Mass Singer also started. It was a two night premiere. Um, we've we've seen five. I think. I think we've seen five characters, whatever you call them. The skunk, the bull, the puffer, the octopus, and Mother Nature. Puffer. The puffer. Mother yeah. Nature. Puffer fish. Mm, yeah, she's one. creepy. Her, She's got like a face. Like They're a usually tree. creepy. Like, she's like a, that's true. That's true. Um, it's so early. No, normally, I, I have a good gauge on them, but uh, I did not on many of these. Um, let's see. Who did they? The octopus was the first one to go home. It was a, I thought it was an older, older man. Um, My guess was Arsenio Hall. Okay. It turned out to be an athlete that I'm pretty upset that I didn't get. Really? It was one Dwight Howard. Ooh. Yeah. Dwight Howard. Which he's like seven foot. He's 6'10". So I knew he was big, but I thought the, I thought his, I thought his real head was at the bottom of the mask because the, the thing went way up. So I thought his head was down here and there was just a bunch of air space, but no, his head was, was way up there. So yeah, Dwight Howard. I don't think I would know his voice. I mean, I, I know I've heard him talk, but I don't think he's somebody that voice would stick out to me. Right. So. But he's, a, he's like, he's exactly the kind of athlete that would go on the show though. Oh, for sure. Like he's very goofy. Um, he said yeah. it's, it was his mom's favorite or his grandma's favorite show. So she freaked out when he took her to set because she was like, what are we doing here? He was like, I'm on the show. Um, <laughs> and then you, we saw um, what was next? Mother Nature. They teased Mother Nature. I thought I had this one pegged. Thought I had it pegged. Thought it was Tiffany Haddish. Oh, OK. She, she was very nice. like. Tiffany Haddish esque, and that I didn't pick up on that, but the judges did. And as soon as they said it, I was like, "Yeah, that's it." And it wasn't. It was Vivica A. Fox. Mm. Mm. Okay. Who I'm not all that familiar with, so I'm not upset that I, I missed could, that. I could see the confusion. Okay. All right. Um, the other one that they unveiled uh, was the pufferfish. I had no idea. I knew it was a powerful superstar. Like the voice was incredible. Don't know how she got sent home this week. Tony Braxton. Mm. Seven-time Grammy Grammy winner, Tony Braxton. Yeah. Okay. And they were all very upset. That's the I did not have a guess for that. Um, okay. the other two, Skunk and Bull. Um, Christy had a great guess with the skunk that we're gonna go on record with, Mary J. Blige. Oh, sounds very Mary J. Blige-esque. Um, the bull is my favorite. I'm not confident in this because I'm not sure that he's an actual performer. I think he might be like an actor or an athlete that just happens to have a very good voice, but I'm going to go with chance the rapper right now. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know why, but I hear chance the rapper in it. Okay. Um, and then the second, the second night they did introduce two new ones, hamster and baby. Um, the judges threw out Bill Murray for the hamster, which I could see, but I'm not confident in it, but I, I could definitely see it. And I think Vin Diesel is the baby because there were some Fast and the Furious references. 
and his okay. and, and stuff. So that's what I got so okay. far. Normally I get one or two. I, I'm pretty bad at it, but normally I get one or two. I pick up on the voice okay. or, or one clue or something, but haven't got any yet. The normally the one or two I get are, are really early on because they don't, their singing voice sounds a lot like their speaking voice. So you can kind of tell who it is just by their singing, yeah. but haven't been able to pick on up on many of these. So who would you say is the biggest name they've had on that show? It's been on there. Oh gosh. Um, I mean, T-Pain won the first season. Wayne Brady won the season. Uh, Rob Gronkowski was on it. Um, see, Lil like, Wayne I was just, on it. See, and the reason I ask is, I just don't see that being something Bill Murray would do. I know, I know. That's something you have to think of too. Like it's Make just it. like that's that's how I think about it. Like, would this person actually do this show? Like certain people, yeah, I could see that. Dwight Howard, sure, absolutely. People guess James Jamie Foxx, maybe. People guess Jamie Foxx every season, but I'm like, I don't know that he he's been a judge. Yeah, he had he's shown up and he's been a judge. People guess Justin Timberlake every year, and yeah, that's he's never happening. on it. Nick Lachey was on it last year. Uh, Nick the Carter was just, on it the year before. The judges are just throwing out names just for the heck of it. Here, I got him ranked. Uh, screen rant. I know you love Screen Rant. The biggest star that they ranked on it was T Pain season one, Lil Wayne season two, Drew Carey season three, Antonio Brown season one. <laughs> I forgot yeah, see, about that. Yeah, Bill Murray would be like. Latoya Jackson, yeah, Mickey Rourke, no. Bob Saget. Kermit the Frog needs to be on that list. Kermit the Frog's the biggest name they've ever had on that show. I mean, honestly, yes, but no, <laughs> please, please no more of that. Yeah, that was dumb. I agree. All right, let's get to uh, Dear Logan Lee. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to sit back. I'm just going to sit back and let you go. Are you going to watch this movie? Yeah, eventually, for sure. Unless unless you just rip it apart and tell me not to. Well, all right. Here's the thing. And I'm not I'm not going to sit here and try to spoil this movie, although I think it's pretty well documented that the story... I know the this, plot. The, the plot for this movie is out there. I mean, it's it's been a Broadway musical for the last five years. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but it, it's out there. So yeah, Dear Evan Hansen came out on Thursday. Um, I was very excited about this movie probably a little too naively excited about this movie, but it's mostly just because I really enjoy the musical a lot. Uh, it's the first musical I ever saw on a Broadway stage. Um, and I've seen other touring shows in Chicago and Indy and St. Louis and South Bend and all that stuff. But I've never, that was the first time I've ever seen a show on Broadway um, and instantly fell in love with it. I mean, I, I had been listening to the music prior to that, um, but to this day, uh, right there, it's probably more so than Hamilton. The music is playing in my car all the time. So, um, been a huge fan of this show from the moment I found out about it. Um, so, obviously, I was very excited when they announced that they're going to do a movie of this. Um, and then they announced names like Amy Adams and Julianne Moore and Caitlin Beaver are going to be in this, this movie. Uh, Nick Dodani, who most people probably don't know, but if you saw the TV show Atypical, which is on Netflix, which I really recommend, uh, Nick Dodani is in that. So, yeah, I was very excited about this movie. Um, as I said, first show I ever saw on Broadway. Um, so before I talk about the movie, I do want to like preface this by saying the Broadway musical is fantastic. The music is, is amazing. The performances are great. Um, the story is... It is what it is. It's controversial. Um, the story is dark. 
Um, it lacks some realism, lacks some resolve. Uh, there's some issues with lack of accountability with some characters towards the end of this thing. Um, I, I, so it's a very it's a very controversial story to begin with. But the musical itself on Broadway won plenty of Tony Awards. Ben Platt won awards for his performances. The music won all sorts of awards. I believe it still won Tony's for its story. Uh, but let's just preface that by saying that the story itself is controversial for this show before the movie even came out. Uh, so now, of course, people are seeing this movie and they're thinking like, oh my God, this is actually a thing. Like this is um, like, this is a real successful Broadway musical. This is the story we're getting. Like this is like, there's some issues here, um, which is true. And I will talk about that. But um, a lot of those stories, a lot of that story in the musical just kind of gets glossed over because it has this really catchy music. It's the, the guys that did the music for The Greatest Showman and La La Land. Um, they, they did this one as, this, as well. So Justin Paul and, and Benj Pasek um, are those guys. So yeah, that's kind of why the story kind of gets thrown by the wayside is because kind of catchy music, catchy pop songs, good performances just kind of gets forgotten about. So the movie itself. Uh, I do have three things I want to talk about with the movie. Uh, the first is the very well-documented Ben Platt conundrum. Uh, ben Platt is, was the original Evan on Broadway. He workshopped the role. He helped them develop the role. He was the first guy off Broadway. He was the first guy on Broadway. Ben Platt was Evan Hansen for a number of years in his life. Um, that, that was six to seven years ago. Uh, ben Platt is now 27. He's actually now 28. But at the time that they filmed this movie, he was 27 years old, playing a 17-year-old kid. Now, that in itself is not the problem. That happens in Hollywood all the time. That is a very regular thing where mid to 20 year olds are playing high school age kids. Um, at Greece, most of the cast in Greece was well into their mid twenties. Um, I just watched Greece the other day and I was like, yeah, people like, look so old. It's, it's a regular thing. Um, I think I was looking at the 13 reasons why the show on Netflix, I believe one of those characters is out of age. I mean, and they're playing high school kids. So yeah. this is a regular thing. Um, so that wasn't my issue. Um, the problem though, is that due to decisions made by Ben Platt himself, probably made by the director, Stephen Chbosky, whoever, they made him look even older than he actually is. He's already a 27 year old trying to play a 17 year old, but at times he looks 36, <laughs> 37 wow. years old. Like, it's just, I think part of it too is his, he was giving his Broadway performance. And part of the reason why, there's a lot of reasons why, stage to screen adaptations rarely ever work. Let's just get that out there now. Like these just don't ever really work. But he was giving his stage performance. And when you're giving a stage performance, you're performing for people that are at minimum 10 feet away from you. You're also performing for people that are in the way back of this auditorium, up in the balconies. I mean, when you're doing a movie, you're getting a lot of up close and personal shots and the way that he was doing some of some of his mannerisms um it just it just didn't work he looked he looked even older at times not all the time i personally i could overlook it at times it wasn't as big of an issue for me all the time but there were certainly moments in the movie where i thought wow this looks bad um so that i mean that's the big thing with ben now the, the unfortunate thing about him is that he's a, an incredibly talented singer and performer 
Um, you know, he obviously won numerous awards for his, you know, role in the original show. He's been on uh, the Book of Mormon was his other big thing on Broadway. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. He's done, he was in Pitch Perfect. He did The Politician on Netflix. He's a great singer, great performer. And that's obvious in this movie too. It's not like he's just bad in the movie. It's just how he looks in the movie. He's, no one's going to say that he's not an incredible performer. But the problem is that that's not what they're talking about. When they walk out of this movie, all the discourse is Ben Platt looks old and creepy in this movie. It's not how great of a performer he is. So that's the unfortunate thing about it. As great of a performer as he is, as great as he was in the movie, it's all about how old he looked. And the fact, I mean, I've seen people that are like really crapping on this movie based on his performance and how, how he looked and all that stuff, which some of it admittedly is fair. Um, because as I said, the story as its core is very dark. It's very creepy. I mean, it's a, it, he's essentially a sociopath. <laughs> Let's just lay it out. I mean, that's just who this character is. As I said, in the stage musical, you can kind of gloss over some of these things, but in a hour and a half to two hour long movie, it just didn't come off that way. So um, the second thing, and probably more importantly, is the movie focused heavily on his character, heavily. Now the musical is about him. I'm not gonna try to say that it's not. He is the focal point, he's on stage, in the, on the stage version most of the time. But there are other characters that get moments where we get to learn about them. We get to figure out what tick, what, you know, what they tick with, you know, that type of thing. And we don't really get that in this movie. We get very little bits of these other characters. Um, the main one that comes to my mind is, is Connor, who is the other student that ultimately takes his own life, that stirs this, stirs this whole thing. In the stage version, he gets some more attention. We learn a little bit more about him in the beginning. He actually, he's actually on stage, despite he he dies early. He comes back. I mean, he does scenes with with Evan, you know, as like a, you know, Evan's making some of this stuff up, but we just don't get that in this movie. We get the one song that he does come back for, it, that's it. So there was just a lot of that, uh, which is just unfortunate. But again, that's just part of this whole stage to screen stuff that just never really works. Um, and the other thing, too, that I want to talk about is there's I read an article. Um, Ashley Lee, who writes for the L.A. Times, brought this up. It, it's a really good point. This movie did not spend enough time focusing on the parents. In the musical, they took out several songs from the stage version to this. Um, but there are three songs in particular that they took out that are sang by and perform, performed by the parents in this show that really steer the narrative and tell you a little bit more about them and you know what makes them tick and we don't get those there's a song at the very beginning of the musical that we don't have that is essentially a duet by the two mothers in this show basically talking about raising teenage boys and we just didn't get it they just didn't do it in this movie um, and i can understand skipping some of these songs but these there's two more after that that are just very I think they're very important for making this story about more than just this one character. Um, and part of the reason why this was so successful on Broadway is because parents really felt this movie was very impactful or this show was very impactful for them about their relationships with their kids. They would take their kids to this show and really feel something with it. And by taking those three songs out of this movie, you don't get that. There just wasn't Julianne Moore who plays Evan's mom is really, not non-existent in most of the movie 
She has one scene and one song towards the end. Um, Amy, Amy Adams is there around for a little bit more than that. Um, but it just, it just lacked that. So it, that really hurt it too. Um, and I, I don't know why, I mean, obviously they wanted to shorten it. They don't want to, you know, I'm sure the stage musical itself was probably two and a half hours long. And so you have to cut stuff and I get that. Um, but it just cutting those three things. I don't, I just don't think that was a great choice. And I, I think that certainly hurt it. Um, and then the last thing is, I just don't think they should have done this to begin with. I really don't. Um, they, they went on record by saying, we're doing this with Ben Platt or we're not doing it at all. I can respect that when they wanted to start doing this. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of factors. Ben Platt's dad was a very successful producer in Hollywood and theater, was the producer on this movie. Not going to say that that was a factor into whether or not Ben was actually in this movie or not, but it, it's, it's something to at least mention. Um, but they, they said they weren't going to make this movie without him. And that's fine. But with that comes a lot of choices you have to make. And I just don't think it, I just don't think it really worked. Um, these stage to screen movies don't really hardly ever work out very well. This one, their heart was in the right place, but they just, I see the word misfire being thrown around a lot. And I think that's probably true. I just think this was a giant misfire. They had an opportunity. I think it's a great story. I think it is problematic and I think it is controversial, but I think it's a great story that they just didn't tell very well. And it's just really unfortunate because I think it, I think now people are going to be discouraged to see people that might have seen the musical probably won't now, um, just because this movie is, is not very good. So the musical doesn't have the same holes that the movie does. No, it does. But the fact that they have, it's, it's dressed out more. There's more songs. Um, no, that's part of it too. By the end of the musical, there's not a lot of accountability. I mean, there's some people in here that are, there's a couple people that are aware of what's going on that don't really do anything about it. And they just kind of bring the whole, bring everybody else with them. And there's just no, accountability being held for that so no i i wouldn't say that um the musical doesn't have some of these holes but it's just there's more songs and it's it just kind of gets glossed over and i don't think it was as big of a deal when you're doing it on stage and when you're trying to condense it and make it more intimate and you're focusing all your attention on this one character it just it just didn't work very well unfortunately and it's just really sad because i think the musical is really good uh, the songs were still great. The performances were great. I thought Ben Platt was fine, regardless. I mean, other than the fact that he looked 36 at times, Julian Moore was great. Amy Adams was great. Caitlin Deaver was great. I, I thought, I thought it was well acted. Um, again, the songs, the ones that were still in the show were great. Uh, it just, it just didn't work. It didn't work. I, right now I have it sitting at three stars, but I think that'll go down. I don't think this is something that improved over time. Um, certain people will love this movie. Um, I certainly didn't hate it. I, I don't think it was possible for me to hate this movie, but I didn't love it nearly as much as I thought I would. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my thoughts. Sorry if you were expecting more, but, uh, I just had a lot to say and it's just kind of, I was just disappointed. Just not that I was expecting it to be great. I wasn't expecting it to be great. There was a point in time where I thought, 
it could have been great. And I understand they wanted it to be a showcase for Ben Platt. I mean, this was his chance to really step out into the mainstream. And he's done some stuff, but I don't think he's really hit. He's not hit that. I mean, the, the general audience probably doesn't know who Ben Platt is. So he's, I mean, if you're familiar with Pitch Perfect, he yep. was the magician roommate in Pitch Perfect. I thought um, he was great in Pitch Perfect. I did too. And he was, he's great in this show, but it just, it just didn't work. So uh, yeah, that's just, uh, it's, it's unfortunately a letdown. The other thing too, and I don't want to dwell on it too much, but they, there's one point in the movie where on stage, there's, there's no set. There's no, this isn't like Hamilton where there's this big set. There's all these set pieces. There's this huge cast sitting behind you. This is a, there's no set. There's a few set pieces and there's a cast of eight people. That's it. So during the big, you will be found anthem, you know, at the end of the first act on the stage version, they do this really clever thing where they utilize these projectors. And that's how they display the social media part of this, which is a big part of what this, what this story is it's about social media and how his story goes viral and all this stuff. So they usually pro- these projectors, they're like transparent projectors that are more or less part of the set where the players like interact or the actors like interact with them and walk around them during this big musical number. And they tried to replicate that in this movie. And it was just, it just looked cheesy. It just, like, I just felt bad. I felt almost embarrassed for the movie. Like, oh, that doesn't look very good at all. If part of the movie felt like I was watching something from like Freeform, it just, I don't know. It had all the right pieces. It had all the right pieces. It just wasn't there. So um, I did also watch one other movie. I'm not going to talk about it too much. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, if you're familiar with um, 70s, 80s, and 90s evangelist, TV evangelist, um, the story of Tammy Faye Baker, uh, starring Jessica Chastain, that came out this weekend as well. That was significantly better than Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, Jessica Chastain and uh, Andrew Garfield were in that movie. Um, not been much. She's great. She'll probably win. It's one of those um, movies that are there solely for the makeup. Um, she was, you know, unrecognizable at times. So, but she was great. But that one was significantly better than Dear Hansen. Craig, we've been going for a long time, man. You think it's time we should shut down? And scene. You're not even. <laughs> no, I was yes. checking Twitter to make sure we didn't miss anything. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll still watch it. Um, I know one song from it. I don't. I haven't seen it like you have. Um, I don't know as much about it as you did going in, but I'll watch it. Um, I mean, I just looked it up too. It got a 6.1 on IMDb and a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, probably not a movie I'll go to the theaters and see. No, until it comes no, streaming. Not not worth wasting your time for it. Uh, and, and it's doing pretty poorly at the box office too. So uh, I was really excited for it, and uh, I was I was definitely let down. Uh, it had its moments. It wasn't terrible. I don't think it was the worst movie I've ever seen. I still enjoyed it for what it was, but it's yeah it's it's a mess it's a misfire misfire for sure so we've been going for a while i think it's time we say our goodbyes so i know we've been talking for a long time but we appreciate you sticking it out hanging out with us uh, we'll be back next week don't forget to follow us on no one asked us at no one asked us pod at craig w choke at the logan lee give us a like give us a follow give us a share comments shoot us an email let us know how you feel uh, let us know what we did right what we did wrong let us know that we went way too long 
uh, but the <laughs> chapters are in the description. So yes. So you can obviously utilize those. So we won't judge time. you for skipping over certain yeah. subjects. Yeah. Skip right over them if you want. Just listen. <laughs> would, would never, would never do that. All right. For Cut Choke, I'm Logan Lee. We'll see you guys next week. This has been No One Asked Us. Bye. Go Cards. Bye.